This is the biggest thing I've ever done in my life. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. I think this really rolls us nicely into topic number two because low stress, no pressure way of running your business is not my way of doing it, but it certainly is yours. And just, I can, I can feel the calm demeanor that you have. And I'm over here having like, I'm like gasping for air, hyperventilating. I got 15 things going on. My mind is racing and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm probably like the 99% of agents here where I'm thinking I'm going to miss out on the deal or I run such a high pressure business that I'm going to look like I'm 80 years old in my early 30s. Um, so how the hell do you do it? Because I see you, for all you guys that are watching us on YouTube, Mike's over here cheesing from ear to ear, looking like he's in his early 20s, maybe late 30s, totally chill, doing 40 deals a year. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, so two two parts of that low-stress business. One One part of it is dealing with my clients, um, I don't ever, and I, I tell them this ahead of time, whether I'm working with a listing or, or, or buyers, I'm not ever going to pressure them to take a deal or to make an offer. I want them to be 100% sure. I don't need, um, I don't need that deal so I can get a paycheck. And that's this kind of attitude is that I don't. I just, I have, I have right now. I have some first-time home buyers I'm working with, and I happen to know this this lady since she went to kindergarten with my daughter. All the way through, they're wow. adults now. Holy shit! So yeah, so I, you know, we were we made an offer on a house. Just this happened yesterday, and at the end of the day, we we were off by about six thousand dollars. And and she, she said, you know, Mister Mike, I just think we're just a little bit higher than we should be. And and I said, you know, shut it down, and let's know we're not going to go any further. I'm in this for the long haul. I'm going to be selling houses today, tomorrow, six months, a year from now. And a lot of times, clients will apologize, saying, oh, "I'm sorry, I'm." You're showing so many houses. And, and I tell them, look, you, you can't, you're not going to outwork me. And it's, it, I love doing it. I love helping people. And I love looking at, you know, I think most real estate agents will tell you, I love looking at houses. I do. I love looking at all kinds of different houses. And it's been a very uh, rewarding career in that aspect. But to be able to help someone buy their first home, which I'm probably, I've lost count, but probably over five years, I've probably helped over 50 or more people buy their first home. And that those are the people that really need our help. They they because they they're nervous. This is the biggest thing they've ever done in their life. And um, I just feel like if if you are low stress, you know. Now look, I do get stressed out over where's my next deal coming from. It doesn't matter if I do 1.5 million dollars in January. I'm I'm going. Well, shoot, where where everything? Where's there? I don't know what I'm gonna do in February. And that's just I think. That's my nature. So when I tell you I'm low stress, I do stress out. Um, I think my wife would tell you that. My close friends would tell you that. Um, but when I talk about low stress, I mean with dealing with my clients. I've, I've seen other people in this business, whether it be mortgage brokers or other agents, that just they they kind of put a little pressure on their clients, and I, I don't think that's I don't think that's right. First of all, I think they again they're looking at us for advice. 
They're not looking at us to get a paycheck. I don't know if that makes sense or not. You know, um, that's a very same ideology that I put on myself too. And up until maybe like last week, I was speaking from with one of top producers from my office because I went to the office, right? Anyone with us. And she goes, listen, whatever's going on in the deal, it's really not your problem, but you make it your problem. And I'm like, hmm, what do you mean by that? She goes, well, if they want to lease and their budget is 4,000 and it's at 5,000 and you can't get the other person to come down, that's not your problem. Go find them another property. I'm like, okay, fair. That makes sense, right? If you're 20 days into this deal and all of a sudden your house doesn't appraise, that's also not your problem. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, that's the seller's problem, really. And then it blows on your buyers and all you have to do is facilitate a win-win situation but at the end of the day you're not going to live there so it's not your problem i'm like hmm but here i am i'm freaking out for my buyers at the same time and really ultimately that is also not my problem because the house didn't appraise so okay we lost 20 days let's go find another property cancel out the contract move on or have a candid conversation with the listing agent say hey this property didn't appraise here's the appraisal you guys can go through the same shit with somebody else, or you can meet us at appraised value and we can get this thing going. I can, you can get paid, I can get paid and let, let's work on this together. And once I started thinking that my client's problems are not my problems, I started changing my perspective because even though I have intent and, and, and I'm coming from a good place of of trying to help them. I'm going through a situation right now where one of my sellers needs to sell. We got an offer. The offer is not where she would like it to be. I'm telling her, listen, this is a this is a fair offer. I mean, I'm surprised the offer is as high as it is because we are way overpriced on this property, okay? And she doesn't even want to counter it. And here I am making it my problem. You know what? I said, you know what? You're right. That's fine. We've been on the market about three months and you haven't gotten a single offer. This is the first offer you're getting. I don't know what you think is going to change, but I'll do my best to negotiate it. So I countered at asking price. They just came up uh, right before we actually started shooting this podcast about 15K, you know, but we are still probably about 40K apart realistically, right? Now I know she's not going to move. She may move a little bit. I think I can get her to move a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's not my problem. Yes, I'll quote unquote lose out the commission. And that's why I think we make other people's our problems. But I can look at that and say, wow, I'm going to miss out on a little bit of commission. Or I can be like, wow, these guys aren't really motivated selling. I'll do whatever I can. It's still not my problem. Let me just go and find more business. I, I think you when you when you stop worrying about the commission, it, that that solves a lot of problems that some agents have. Just don't worry about the commission. The commission will come. But exactly. You know, I, I do um I do take on some of those problems uh and, and kind of like if I have a listing that's not selling, it, I take it personally. And I, you know, and the 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 phone call I hate to make is to a, a seller saying, Hey, I think we need to reduce. But in reality, if it's not selling, you're not getting offers, if you're getting showings and no offers. 
that, and it's being exposed. You know, I learned two things sell houses, price and exposure. Well, if it's getting exposed, but it's not selling, it's probably the price. It's always the price if it's, if it's exposed. So, you know, you, I hate making that phone call and say, hey, I think we, we're about, we need to reduce 10, 10K. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. Oh, so you, you make the nice phone call and talk about a 10K. I, I well, come out the gate and I always... Here, and here's the other thing that I learned by going to the office to circle back to topic number one and talking with one of the top producers. He goes, bro, rip the effing Band-Aid off. Don't talk about a 5K, 10K. Talk about 25 so you get your 5K, 10K. So, so I adapted that ideology. That's a good strategy. See, that's, that's a good strategy. Yeah, so, so, so last phone call I had with these sellers, I'm like, listen... You know we're 60K over and you agreed to work with me on this. So I recommend at least a 25K price reduction. And I got 10. Legit. I can't even make this shit up. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that that is a good strategy. Um, but uh, but anyway, getting back, I do take I do take it personally. Even and look, because of the way the market's been over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months with crazy prices and you know, stuff not even staying on the market one day. You know, I had to stop having conversations. I remember in one week I had two conversations, one with a seller and one with a, one with a buyer, that uh, this will never appraise. What you're listing a house for, it will never appraise. Yeah. Standing in the driveway with a young couple, first time home buyers, they love the house. It was overpriced. I told them, they said, we want it, we want this house. And I said, well, the reality is you're probably gonna have to offer full price and not ask for anything that they have a shot at this. And I said, but I don't think it's going to appraise. Well, both of those appraised. So it makes me look like I don't know what I'm talking about. So now I have to be careful having those conversations about appraisals. Um, but you have to, I think you owe it to them to let them know it's overpriced. Because then when it doesn't appraise, it's not out of left field. But um, Yeah, so, so interestingly enough, when we're talking about, and I guess this could be a bonus topic, topic number two, when we're talking about appraisals and stuff like that. One of the things that I like doing with my, you know, clients to make it a low pressure environment is I talk about the next steps where I say, Hey, just so you know, we're going to write this offer. You're going to put your head down on the pillow and you're going to say, OMG, WTF. What did I just do? I just spent more money at once than I ever thought, but you haven't because we still got 30 days, right? And it's not 400,000 or 500,000, it's only 3%, right? So it's okay for you to feel whatever you're gonna feel. Call me in the morning. Don't call me at night because I'm trying to sleep. Don't worry, it's okay. And if you still feel the same way in the morning, we can always cancel it. All of a sudden I stop getting those freak out phone calls, right? When, when we go into inspections, I say, hey, listen, just so you know, inspections, their job is to find everything wrong with the house. It doesn't mean that there's material defects and big stuff that's wrong with the house. We hire them so they can find it, so we can leverage it, and then we can get some money off. So when the, so when the inspector calls you, don't freak out. It's cool. I already spoke to him. By the time he calls you, I already spoke to him. I already know what's coming. I'm already on it. Right. You My know? favorite thing is when, when you meet with a um, you know, listing, a, a seller. And they go, oh, there's nothing wrong with my house. 
They're not going to, inspectors not going to find anything. And you have, you have to tell them, look, they're paid to find stuff. If they don't find stuff, then they can't justify their, their work or their job. And, uh, you know, talking about inspections, I have kind of, you know, my strategy with inspections has always been, whether it's a seller, uh, a listing or a buyer, is, is, it, is it a safety issue, okay? Or is it going to cost you a great deal of money. If it's a it's a weekend project like a, a drippy faucet or something, then I really try to talk them out of nitpicking. Um, sometimes it doesn't work; they they want to do it anyway. And you have to call it and say, "Look, I tried, um, th- but this is what it is," you know. And then you can just deal with deal with it. But um, yeah, so inspections are fun. It's, it's, it's all about setting expectations, right? I think the reason now that I'm listening as kind of how, like how you run your business is you're really setting expectations with your clients that I need to do a little, like, I feel that I never do enough. And that's my own stuff that I, that I talk myself in or out of. Right. Um, and that's the biggest thing. It's just making sure that we're setting the right expectations with the people that we're talking. And it's the stress really exists. Stress is really what we in, you know interpret as stress to somebody. Not the house, not appraising. Like they could just care care less. So listen, is it is what it is. Whatever. Right. I had some clients that like, I'm like, dude, you need to fill out your financing application, and they're like, yeah, dude, I'll get to it. They they'll get to it. The deal closes, but I'm freaking out and I'm being stressed out and. So what I mean by not making my clients' problems my problems is knowing that I can only control what I can control. And if I try to control things that are beyond my control is what really creates the friction, aka stress, that <sighs> you're closing 35, 40 deals. And if you're not stressed out, I want more of that. And if it means just letting go of a few bad apples to get some good ones in, then that's what it means, right? Yeah. Um, again, I, I can't sit and tell you I don't ever stress out. There are there are times when I do when I am stressed, um, but I always try to just go back to just uh, kind of letting it go. And and it, you can't control appraisals. You know, you, you can maybe appeal it. I don't know how successful that normally is, but. Um, you talked about setting expectations. And I think if you do that ahead of time, then you, you know, maybe you have to have the hard conversations up front before you get everything listed and before you, you know, start, start in with the transaction that way later on, when you bring it up, you, you say, look, we, we talked about this. We talked about the price per square foot is probably not going to, going to be supported by comps, but we, I agreed to, to go in that direction anyway, but here, here we are. So I think setting expectations ahead of time eliminates some of that friction down the line when you when you're trying to get that thing closed or sold. So. No stress, no pressure. Even though diamonds are made under pressure, I always say high communication equals low pressure creates more leverage. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 